0: Thank you, Zach. (laughs) I I love Zach. Zach is is one of my sons. Even though we don't look alike in the flesh, we look alike in the spirit. And so, uh, yeah, Zach cracks me up. I love Zach's beard. I'm so proud of him. I'm proud of him for growing out that beard. I don't know why I just said that. (laughs) Love you, Zach. Mm. So I I realized that I was up here a couple of times, and then I look out, and I'm like, half of these people have no idea who I am. (laughs) But my name is Marcus Corpening. I'm one of the pastors here at New Philadelphia Church, specifically here at the Itaewon campus. And actually, for the past uh, three and a half weeks, I was in California. And so uh, this is my first Sunday back since arriving on arriving yesterday. Uh, Hallelujah. So it's good to be home. And there is no place like home. Amen. Amen. Actually, uh, when I was in when I was in California at Living Hope, um, the church that we were interning at, every time they introduced me, they were like, um, well, it was myself and then Pastor Aaron Lee. And past, and, uh, Lisa Kim, our missions director. So they're both Korean and then me. And so they'd introduce him, and they're like, here are interns from Korea. And everyone's like, oh, I got, oh, uh. <laughs> wait a second. Like, you're not from Korea, are you? And I'm like, no, I'm from Korea. And then the pastor, the church pastor Benjamin, when he'd introduce me, he's like, he's half Korean and the story changed every time he introduced me the first time it was like i'm half korean the next time was that i was adopted by koreans (laughs) it's like which like i'm not saying it's possible but i mean how many stories have you heard of like koreans going to america and adopting like a little black boy but anyway (laughs) anyways But so every single time I met someone, I had to explain the long, drawn-out story of how I ended up coming to Korea. I'm not Korean, by the way. Any of you guys in the back who may be wondering, newsflash, I'm not Korean. I've been, I know, y'all disappointed. Y'all thought y'all had me, right? It's like, it's like Tiger Woods, like everyone claims Tiger. Well, no one, any, not anymore, but anyways, uh, sorry. Oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. You know, when you're home, you feel comfortable when you're home. You don't have to like wrestle around and try and find your place when you're home. You're home and your place is already there. And that's how I feel. When I went to living hope, I I wasn't at home. I knew everyone there It was a place that I had an inheritance, but I wasn't at home. And so there was some wrestling involved. But I realized as soon as I stepped back here, it was home. I didn't have to wrestle to find my place. I didn't have to ask any questions. It was just home. And so even getting up here and yelling and screaming into a microphone, that's just what I do when I'm at home. That's the way God has made me. Mm, God is good. But I want to share with you what the Lord has placed upon my heart from my trip at Living Hope. You know, I really felt like that God sent us there to Living Hope, not just because we were to be a blessing to Living Hope and to, to that church there in California in Emeryville, which is right outside of Oakland. Um, And it's right across the bay, right across the bay from San Francisco. Um, But also because God wanted to deposit something in us that we would bring back to New Philadelphia Church. And God gave me something on that trip that is so special and so amazing. And he wants it to be deposited here in this house today. So if you're ready to receive, say, I'm ready ready to receive. Don't lie to me. If you're ready to receive, say, I'm ready to receive. There we go. All right. Let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for every son and daughter in this house. And I thank you, God, that they're ready to receive your word today. <clears throat> Jesus, even as you said that your word is spirit and life and that heaven and earth may pass away, but your word may not pass away. I, I just pray right now, God, that the word that goes out today will not pass away. I pray, Father, that as your words go out, it would be spirit and life. That your word would catapult the sons and daughters of this house, God, into a new season. Into a new level, into a new realm of sonship, God. Because, Father, you've been teaching us so much about what it means to be sons. But, Father, I pray that we would step into a fullness of it today, God. I pray that, Father, God, areas, Father, that we have been blind to, Lord, I pray that the veil would be torn today. God, we just cast off every distraction right now. We cast off every misdeed of the flesh. We cast off every distraction, God, of the flesh. And Father, we each and every person in this room, God, I decree and declare that their hearts are beginning to shift into the place of the Spirit. That they are beginning to shift under submission to your Holy Spirit. That they may receive this word today. God, I pray that as I preach and speak this word, that I would be faithful to give every word that you've given me. As Jesus, you said that the words that the father entrusted to you, you entrusted to us. So, Father, I pray that today I would entrust it unto them, that they may entrust it unto other people, that it may bring multiplication and fruitfulness in our lives. Fruitfulness in this house, God. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys want to be fruitful? I like that you guys were bold about it. You know, you got to claim it. How many of you guys want to be fruitful? I want to be fruitful. You know, it's actually in our nature to be fruitful. You know, God made us to be fruitful. When God made Adam and Eve, he said to them, fill the earth and subdue it. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Actually, I'm a seminary student at Torch, and I was taking this preaching class. And this one brother, he got up one time and he preached a sermon about fruitfulness. But he was preaching about the, the part in Genesis where it says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And he, his entire message was that it was literal. And I believe it's literal. But he was just like, all Christians, we just need to go and have more babies than anyone else. <laughs> and I was like, I know that's what God was saying to a certain degree, but... I think it's also spiritual. He was like, he's like the Muslims, they're outnumbering us in babies. So we need to have more babies. And I was like, wow, I have never heard a sermon like this before. I am a single guy. I don't know how to receive that. (laughs) Yeah. So I just went in a prayer closet and just cried and prayed and fasted to get married. Oh, send their Lord. i oh, sorry. Anyways, I told you I'm at home, so I'm comfortable. But God wants us to be fruitful and God wants you to be fruitful in every single area of your life. So many Christians actually we like to separate the realms in which God wants us to be fruitful. You know, God wants me to be fruitful, to reach people for Jesus, but he doesn't want to be me to be fruitful in my finances. He wants me to be fruitful in in serving here at the church, but he doesn't want me to be fruitful in my relationships with people. We separate the fruitfulness and we we believe that God wants us to be fruitful, but then again, we don't. We don't really live that way, but I want you to know God wants you to be fruitful. God wants blessings to pour out over and over into your life. So many people get upset and they say that's the prosperity gospel, and that's but you know what? The word of the Lord says that He He came not to harm us but to prosper us. He has plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That God wants you to be fruitful. If you believe that, say Amen. amen. And God God actually positioned fruitfulness to be the way in which life is sustained. Life is all about a seed and about fruit. Everything in our lives is about seed and fruit, seed and fruit, fruitfulness, and it's just supposed to be a continual, perpetual thing. You know, God actually made it so that we don't lack. He actually intends for each one of us to never lack a thing. Did you know that? Did you know that if you experience lack, that's not the Lord? Unless that lack is to propel you to greater levels of prosperity. You know, it says that God meets all our needs according to his riches and glory. It says that we can be content in all circumstances. Why? Because we trust that at the end of the day, God is meaning to make us fruitful. But see, there's a thing that blocks us from being fruitful. There's a key that we need if we're wanting to be fruitful. And that is honor. Everyone say it with me. Say honor. honor. You know, I went to Living Hope uh, and I had a chance to spend some time with, uh, with a lot of the pastors and a lot of the spiritual leaders at that church. And the thing that struck me the most about that house was the way in which they honored the mother and father over that And the way they honored the pastor and his wife, they honored them in so many ways. They'd even carry their bags. They'd even, they'd sow into their lives financially. They'd serve them. They did. They pray for them. They did so many things to really honor them. And the whole time I was actually a little uncomfortable by it. I was like, yo, this is weird. Like, I mean, I love my pastor and he's awesome. And he's like my spiritual father and everything, but the level you guys are taking it, y'all just need to calm down. Like, you know, like he got legs. He could get his water. Like, you know, like he could, he's strong. He's stronger than me. Why I, well, I got to carry his bag. But then over the course of my time there, God began to speak to me. And he said, you know what, Marcus? Fruitfulness only comes through honor. That if you desire fruitfulness in your life, it only comes from honoring your mother and father. It only comes from honoring the spiritual mother and fathers that God has placed over your life. Many of us are crying out and we're doing all the right things for fruitfulness. And we believe that God is going to bless us. But then the one place we lack is that we do not honor the leaders that God has placed over us. We do not honor the mother and father that is over us. I know this this is a hard message for many of us, especially in my generation, to receive. Because we are all about doing our own thing. We're all about doing our own thing. You know what? I just, I don't need anyone to speak into my life. You know, I got, I got it on lock. You know, I can do everything I want to do. We're, we're a generation that is fatherless, but not just in our homes, but also in the spirit, also in our churches. And uh, many times we refuse to honor the leaders that are over us. We critique them. We talk bad about them. We disagree with them. If we disagree with them, we'll usually leave that church. And we have so much trouble honoring them. And when we have trouble honoring him, you know what it blocks us? It blocks us from the place of fruitfulness. It says in it says in Ephesians six one. If you can put it up on the board, up on the PowerPoint, it says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise." That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. When we honor them and when we begin to exalt them, the word honor actually means to lift them up, to exalt them to a higher level. When you do that, actually what God does is He begins to release greater prosperity into your life. He begins to release greater blessing into your life. You know, If we look in the Bible, there's many people, we have many examples of where people didn't honor the spiritual fathers that God had placed over them. And then there was a curse. You ever heard of the story of Absalom? Absalom was a son of David, but he was someone who turned against David and he dishonored him in so many ways. But, you know, the funny thing was about Absalom is Absalom had zero children. And he ended up having to put up a rock as his heir. And he called it his heir because he had no children. There was no fruitfulness in his life because he dishonored his own father. Even, even David's wife. I always want to call her Michael. But it's like Michael or whatever. It, his wife. That it was Saul's daughter after he had killed Goliath. And he, he killed Goliath for the, for the right to her in marriage. You know. Yeah. You know that David Crowder band song like, i have become even more undignified." You know, it came from that part where he was out there and he was worshiping the Lord naked. I mean, imagine if like Pastor Christian just came. Don't imagine that. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I did not even mean to go there. But David, (laughs) I'm at home. David was worshiping the Lord and David was worshiping the Lord and he was worshiping the Lord to such an extent that his clothes began to fall off of him. And his wife looked at him and she was like, how dare you do something like that? And she began to, she began to almost rebuke him and she began to dishonor him. But the word of the Lord says that as soon as she began to dishonor him, she stopped having children. Because honor is tied with fruitfulness. Because honor... Is tied with blessing. Even even in Malachi, Malachi chapter four, verse six, it says that God will turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons. And we love to quote that to talk about the father's heart being released in the church. And we like to talk about that as how we would be freed from this orphaness. But it also says that the hearts of the sons will be turned towards the fathers. Lest God would strike the land with a curse. What he says is that if the hearts of the hearts of the sons are not turned towards the fathers in honor. Then there's no fruitfulness. See, the word of the Lord to you today is that if you want fruitfulness in your life. We as a house need to learn how to honor our spiritual mothers and fathers. That if you want to see those breakthroughs and that inheritance come into your life, it has to come only through the place of honor. See, God has set everything up through inheritance. Did you know that? Every blessing that you receive in the Bible comes from the place of family. And it comes from the place of inheritance. And you cannot receive that blessing. and You cannot receive the fullness of it without first stepping into your place as a son and a daughter. But you don't fully step into that realm unless you learn how to honor your mother and father. You hear what I'm saying today, church? If you hear me say amen. Even the Apostle Paul. What struck me about the Apostle Paul was that everywhere the Apostle Paul went, where he was the spiritual father, they honored him. He never was lacking anywhere they went. Every place he went to, they would greet him and they would meet all his needs. They honored him. They honored that he was carrying the word of God. And they knew that the word of God was something that God had given him to give them for breakthrough. For order, for reestablishment in their lives. And so, and for many of us, when... Even for myself, when the spiritual father and mother will come into the house, I did not honor them. I did not honor them. I did not look to serve them. I did not look to exalt them. And what I realized over my trip was that was actually blocking fruitfulness in my life. You know, there's three ways that God wants you to learn how to honor your father and mother. And the first way is in submission. Everyone say submission. Submission. You know, submission brings honor. See, submission has been something we've been talking about a lot in this house and something we've been talking about a lot at New Philly. And for many of us, the understanding of submission is that we need to first understand the heart of the father in order for us to submit to it. That if a spiritual father or, or if God or if anyone speaks to me a certain word, I first need to understand what is his heart? You know, Pastor Christian told me to do this. And I guess I need to see what his heart is first before I can do it. And then I'll submit. Even many of us in our relationships with people around us, we, we first feel like we need to understand their heart before we can submit to it. And if we don't understand their heart, or we think they're coming from a wrong heart, we don't submit. Because we think that understanding is what we need first as a key to submission. But actually, what you need more than understanding is first to just simply align your heart. That the key to submission is to align your heart with the heart of the Father. Not to understand it, but to just bring yourself under submission to it. You know, Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth, he walked under full submission to the words of the father. Everything that the father said, you know, Jesus didn't. He wasn't like, you know, all right. Let me stop. Let me pray about this. Let me really figure out, God, if this is really your will for me. I mean, I don't know if you really want me to heal this person. I don't know if you really No, As soon as Jesus was such in line with the heart of the father, that everywhere he went, he did the will of the father. And the time has come for the sons and daughters in this house, not only to understand the heart of the father, but to be in alignment with his heart, that his heart is your heart, that his desires are actually your desires, because that's true submission. You know, I was in, I was at living hope and there's this brother there at the church named pastor Joseph. I really honor Pastor Joseph. He's a Mexican American guy. He was my age, and uh, he's really like the patterned son at that at that church. And he would get up and pray. And sometimes he would get up and pray, and he would be like, you know, we w- we would be praying for the nations. And then the first thing he would say was, "God, I thank you for Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny's heart for the nations." And I was like, "We're praying for the nations. Why is he praying for them?" <laughs> And then he would continue to talk about the vision and the heart that God had given them for the nations that we were praying for. And I was always so confused as to what in the world he was talking about. But then later, I realized that what he was modeling for me was true submission. He was willing to surrender his own vision to serve the vision of another man. And see, Jesus did the exact same thing. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, he was sitting there and he was praying and he said, you know what, father? If it's your will, you know, take this cup, let this cup pass from me. But you know what? Not my will. Let your will be done. He was at a place where he, under- he was he was in such alignment with the father's heart that he was willing to surrender his own vision for the vision of the father. And I ask you today, is your heart in that place? Many of us have, God has given us great visions, great dreams, great callings. But I believe that he's asking you today to surrender them. To serve the vision of someone else. Why? Because the vision and calling that God has given, put on your heart is only accessible. Through your spiritual mother and father. What God has for you is only accessible as you submit yourself under them. What Jesus was meant to do was only accessible as he surrendered his own will and submitted himself under the will of his father. And God's calling us today to begin to shift our hearts to that place. Even as you go out to Japan, Japan team, you know what? You're not going upon the words that God has given you. But actually you're going upon as an extension. Of the heart that God has already given Pastor Christian and Pastor Aaron. And that the heart that, they, that God has given them for that nation. You are walking as the extension of that heart. You know. When we do that. That. What God does is he begins to release greater and greater wisdom and understanding in our own lives. He begins to release greater and greater blessing in our own lives as we begin to shift and submit ourselves under the vision and calling of someone else. So that's the first way, submission. Everyone say submission. Submission. Father, I just pray for every person in this room right now. And God, I just come against right now, Lord, every attack of the enemy. Father, I speak every heart being made open. And I thank you, Father God, that Lord, that this word is, Lord, meant to shift us as a house into a new season. And so, Father, we speak that that word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish that purpose. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 See, the second the second way in which we honor our mother and father is through is through covering them. I want everyone to turn your Bible to the book of Genesis. I want you to turn to the book of Genesis, and I want you to turn to chapter 9, I believe. See, in the book of Genesis, in chapter 9, there's a, a continual story of a man, Noah, and everyone knows who Noah is, right? Noah built this ark and this ark was huge and the flood came and now everyone was saved and everyone got out of the ark and him and his, he saved his sons. He saved his family. And then they were there and they were continuing to live, Noah and his sons. And I'm going to read from verse 20 to 27. It says, Noah began to be a man of the soil when he planted a vineyard and he drank of the wine and became drunk and laid uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward and they did not see their father's nakedness. And when Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, curse be Canaan. A servant to servants shall he be to his brothers. Let's stop right there. So what had happened was they had just had the flood and, and God had set Noah apart. And he also allowed for Noah to save his entire family. But you know what? Noah had a couple drinks afterwards. I don't know what happened, but Noah had a couple drinks and he was drunk and he was laid out. He was laid out and his, his son, his youngest son walks in and discovers his dad naked right there on the floor. And instead, in. And, you know, he was ignorant. He just sat there and he saw him and then he turned around. He was like, yo, you guys got to go in and check out Pops. Pops is on the ground and he is passed out and he is naked. And, you know, so many of us treat our spiritual father that way. When the pastor or when someone we know in our lives who is who God has set over us to be a covering for us falls. Or messes up or has a mistake. Many times our initial tendency is to what Post it on Facebook, <laughs> turn around and tell someone, do you know what that, do you know what so-and-so did? Did you hear what Pastor Christian said last service? Do you, do you know what this, what kind of mistake my pastor made last week? I can't believe that he actually did that. And we take his nakedness and we turn around and we begin to tell other people. And what we do in that is we dishonor our fathers and mother. But the other two brothers, you know what they did? They they honored Noah to such a degree that they walked in naked. Not naked, backwards. (laughs) Hopefully they didn't walk in naked. That would have been one crazy situation. Noah's like, what are you guys doing here? They honored him to such a degree that they walked in backwards so they wouldn't see his nakedness. And because you know what? They honored Noah. And here was the key, actually. They realized that God had only saved them through Noah. That the only reason that they were alive, the only reason that they were in the place that they were at, was because of the work of God in their father. And many of you, God has put you to new heights and he's took you to such great levels, but it's not of your own. So many of us in this generation, we reject our own inheritance and we reject the work of people who have went before us. because we want to do our own thing and we want to create our and build our own kingdoms. But you know what? The only way that we reach our destiny is through the work of God through someone who came before us. And God wants us to learn how to walk in backward to cover the nakedness and the mistakes of the fathers before us. To recognize that the only, life, the only life that we experience now is not because of ourselves, but it's because someone else paid the price for it. You know, Noah was by himself out there building the ark. Noah was the one who was paying the cost of being obedient to God. Not his sons. The ark was already made. And then Noah called his sons into the ark. He covered them. It was Noah's laboring, Noah's covering that had them in safe places that enabled them to even live. And I say to each and every one of you, whether or not it's your first day here at New Philadelphia Church or you've been here and you're a leader. It is because of the backbreaking work of the mother and father over this house that you experience even a blessing stepping in here. Because they were the ones who paid the price in prayer so that the atmosphere, so that there would be strongholds breaking. They were the ones who were the forerunners in healing and deliverance so that we have an atmosphere of freedom that we have here in this house. It isn't because you just stepped in. We each one inherit blessings, not because we paid the price, but because someone else did. And the way you honor them is not just by submitting to them, but it's by covering them in their nakedness. So many times when our fathers make mistakes or when our mothers make mistakes, we want to point it out to them. And we want to be the ones that say, see, look how bad of a mother and father you are. See, look how bad of a parent you are. But what we don't realize is that they have been paying the price so that we would stand in life. They were the ones who were paying the price that we would stand in provision. And when we turn ourselves to them and we begin to show their nakedness to the world, what we're doing is we are bringing a curse upon ourselves. Because where there is no honor, there is no fruitfulness. When when Ham did not honor his father Noah, what came upon him was a curse. And he said, your descendants will be servants of your brother's your descendants will be slaves there will be no blessing there will be no fruitfulness upon your descendants but to his but to the ones who walked in backwards and covered the nakedness of their father god brought such great blessing upon them and many of us we think you know what we've been taught that you know that we have this kind of I don't know. It's like it's individualistic view of our our Christian faith. My faith is just me and God. And and you know what? I don't don't know what you're even talking about. All these spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. But you know what? If you read the Bible, if you even read in, in the New Testament, the way that Paul talked about his disciples, the way Paul talked about Timothy, he called him his son. The way that Paul talked to the churches, he spoke to them as a father speaks to a son. The way that even Jesus talked to the disciples, he taught them in a way and with authority, like a father teaches his son. See, God has set this up and he has set this Christian life up to be one of inheritance and lineage. That what you step in is greater than what your father stepped in. And what you give away to your children is greater than what you received. But when we don't get that, that God has set it up this way, we miss out on those blessings. We miss out on that. And we begin to try and build the house for ourselves. We begin to try and build. We start from scratch when God wanted us to start at their ceiling. That their ceiling would be our floor. This word should set many of you free right now. That when you step into this house, you're not just stepping in having to start over. But as you honor the father and mother in this house, you step into the blessings that God has done in generations past. When I was at Living Hope, I had a chance to spend some time with Pastor Robert Daniels, which is actually Pastor Benjamin's spiritual father. And as we spent time with him, he actually began to talk to us about his spiritual father. And I was like, whoa, he's got to be like a hundred years old. Cause, and like, uh, <laughs> and then, and then he talked to him, he talked to me, talked to us a bit about his spiritual father. And what he was speaking to us, really, it blessed me and it honored me so much because I was just like, wow, God, you would take a little guy like me from North Carolina, fly me to Korea and bring me to New Philadelphia just so that I could step into a spiritual heritage and lineage like this. The kingdom is about inheritance. And when you, you submit and you cover, you are honoring that covenant kind of relationship. You're honoring that, that lineage that God has set up. And then the last way that we do it, and the last way that we honor is through service. It's through service. You know, in the story of Elijah and his, his disciple Elisha, You know, they say the way in which Elisha received that inheritance from Elijah was not because he prayed every day. It was not because he knew the word. It was because he just watered Elijah's hands. He stayed alongside Elijah everywhere he went. And he was with him everywhere and everything he did, he was like, oh, you need that? Let me get that. You want this? Let me get this. You want it? We look down upon that. We're like, oh, man, you're being someone's slave. But that's not slavery. That's sonship. Because when Elisha went off into the clouds, the first thing that Elisha said unto him was my father, my father. When he walked alongside Elijah, he was serving him and he was serving his inheritance. Inheritance. And he was he recognized that as he was honoring him by watering his hands, by meeting his needs, by sowing into his life, that what he was really doing was he was positioning himself to receive an inheritance that he was receiving a double portion of what even Elisha had received. He received everything that Elijah had sacrificed for, everything that Elijah had poured in for. But just simply because he served him and he watered his hands. He received that and so much more. God wants us to be to learn how to to turn and shift our hearts. Where we learn not to just serve the house, but to serve the Father of the house. To learn how to serve the set man and woman that God has placed over this church. And this is a word I speak specifically for New Philly. You know, there's so many of us, and this has been my heart attitude as well, that when I came to New Philly, I was like, you know what, I'm going to serve New Philly. And everything I'm going to do is going to be to serve New Philly, to bless this church, to make sure to, you know, to see God's purpose come in New Philly. But God rebuked me on this trip to Living Hope. (laughs) And he said, Marcus, when you serve the house, but you don't serve the father of the house, you're out of order. Because when you serve the house, but you don't serve the father of the house, ultimately what you're doing is you're serving your own vision for the house and not the father's vision for the house. And we find this happens in so many churches. All of a sudden, people are getting upset because the pastor decided to go in a different direction. People are getting upset because what the past, what the father's heart for the house was was completely different than what their heart was. And that's because they've been serving the house and not serving the father of the house. But when you learn to begin to shift yourself to serve the needs of the father. Before ever serving the needs of the house, you will always serve the needs of the house. You know, there's that famous passage where Jesus says that he goes before the disciples. That he goes before us to prepare a place for us in our father, in the father's house. And the revelation that a brother was speaking to me about that was that what Jesus was actually doing was that he was going to the father's house and he was building. He was he was alluding to this notion in that culture that they would go to the father's house when when they were betrothed to someone, they would go to the father's house, build an annex onto that house. And that and that would be where they would take the bride that when like in in jewish culture that's what they that's what this brother was sharing with me that in jewish jewish culture because um, his, his brother's a messianic jew he was sharing that in jewish culture the the son when he was betrothed to someone that means he was pledged to marry them he would go to his father's house and he would build an annex onto the father's house and that's where he would take the bride on their wedding night But it was a part of the father's house and it was a part of what the father had allowed for him. And it was an extension of the father's heart. And what God wants you to step into now is to learn how to honor and to serve the father of the house. And when you learn to serve and honor the father of the house, you'll be able to go to the father's house and add on to the father's house. And there will be great fruitfulness released in your life as you're able to do that. Amen? Amen. You know, I just want us to go into a time of prayer right now. Hmm. hmm. You know, I feel the word of the Lord for this house is that God is bringing us into a new season, and that God is bringing us into a fuller dimension of sonship. But that full that fuller dimension of sonship will only come as we learn to shift our hearts and honor the mother and father over this house. I know there's many of you in this house today that have been burned but the word of the Lord to you is that even though even though in the past you may have been burned that it's time for you to learn how to trust again it's, it's time for you to learn how to come into your proper place in your proper order in the house where you've been walking around without covering and walking around out of order and there's been just no fruitfulness in your life God is wanting to now bring you into a place of fruitfulness but that only comes as you understand and you begin to honor Right now I want us to be I want us to pray I want us to pray for Pastor Christian And I want us to pray for Pastor Aaron. And I want us to just speak unto the Lord right now. I want us to just begin to lift them up to a new level in our prayers. You know, the the father said to the son, the older brother in the story of the prodigal son, he said, you know what, son, all that I have is yours. And that's true of us as well. Everything that they have is ours. And when we just honor them in the place of prayer and when we begin to pray for them and pray for them to reach a new level, we receive that as well. But more than even what we receive, we should do it just because it's right. It's right in the Lord for us to pray for them. It's right in the Lord for us to submit to them, to cover them and to serve them. So right now, I want us to begin to pray. I want us to pray for them. And I want us to just speak blessing over them right now. I want us to speak that God would increase them and take them to levels that they have not not even dreamed of. So yeah, everyone, right now, let's begin to pray for Pastor Christian and Aaron. Let's pray right now.